Blog Talk Radio. Hello, welcome to Snake Oil Radio here on Blog Talk Radio. Uh, this is your host, Jim Ventura. Whether you're catching the show live or in uh, archive, uh, again, welcome everybody. Uh, this is a 30-minute kind of extra show that I'm doing. Um, I normally do a column read, but uh, we uh, I didn't get to that last month, so I want to do this little kind of extra special 30-minute session. So I will not be taking live calls for today's show just because we don't really have a lot of time, and I kind of want to get as much information out as I can during the show. Uh, a little quick history. I'm Jim Ventura. If you've heard some catching any of my shows or stuff, I'm a writer and a, uh, an astrologer, navigational consultant. I work with all kinds of different oracles and I have a home office in Phoenix where I do personal sessions as well as teach classes, um, uh, both in my home office as well as by phone and through FaceTime. So if interested in any of that kind of personal session stuff or classes, go to my website at jimventura.com. You can get all that info there. Uh, hi, I'm a column writer. I wrote a, a monthly column called Snake Oil. If you're not already subscribing to that, two things. One, it's going to every other month as of 2020. So I will have a January, February column out in a few days. Uh, no more 12 times a year, way too much work. Uh, you can email me at venturesatch at yahoo.com to get added to the mailing list. Uh, it's blind copied out. There's no sell stuff, just columns, so no one's ever going to get your email address from me, and you'll get a great column for uh, free every other month. So uh, interested in any of that? Again, all that good stuff available on my website as well as my books and all the other stuff, blah, 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 blah. I don't want to do a lot of sales. I want to get to the subject at hand, <laughs> of course, today. So, uh, again, uh, this particular topic that I want to talk about is I want to talk about the winter. Um, you know, that can be a subjective thing, depending on where you, on where you are, of course, in terms of, of, of what the temperatures are. Obviously, if you're in Australia, you know, we've got the flip side of that. Australia's uh, winter is like the summer and, you know, all that. But, you know, we're, 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 I think I'm, I'm mostly talking to Americans and Canadians and people in the northern hemisphere, so we're going we're gonna to go with that logic for this particular show. But yeah, um, you know, I think one of the things that I think was so significant that I wanted to talk about is we have a tendency as, as human beings to kind of see ourselves as above nature or, you know, especially with animals. We often will see ourselves above it or, uh, you know, um, somehow on the side of it. You know, there's humans and there's animals and there's plants. And you know I mean, so again, I think that it's kind of natural in a lot of the ways that we're taught. Uh, to sort of see ourselves as not necessarily, I won't say that we're not part of it, but that we're somehow outside of it or above it in that way. So the reason I bring this point up is, you know, listen, dogs and cats, anyone who's got dogs and cats know this, that um, during the summer, dogs and, and cats tend to act, uh, tend to kind of uh, shed more, obviously, and, and often sometimes their coats will grow thicker in the winter. Uh, so that's something that certain breeds will, are noticeable on, and um, you know they are reacting to the weather. They are reacting to the seasons. So we can see that type of thing again in, in terms of nature. We look outside, and it's cold out. Obviously, the you know the trees are maybe covered in snow or ice. If you're in Phoenix, like I am, they're not covered in snow and ice, but it does kind of, of course, get colder in the winter, and noticeably so this winter, I might add. Um, 
so we, we catch these things, we notice these things, but I think somehow we don't necessarily see ourselves as, as part of that cycle completely either. And it's good and it's wise and it's valuable to understand the seasons and, and what they represent and the energy patterns, both spiritually and physically and emotionally, that we move through when we are in different cycles. So uh, winter has a obviously very different feel about it in, in terms of, of being, uh, you know, obviously colder in most places. Um, and and uh, it may rain more, and again, you may have snow and ice and things of that nature, depending on where you are, and that's going to cause your body to adapt. Um, it's going to cause your you know, emotional energy to adapt. Um, typically, the pattern and difference between, you know, in, in, a, in a sort of scientific perspective is there's less sunlight in, uh, in the winter than there is necessarily in the summer. The, the winter solstice on December 21st generally um, is considered the longest night. So you're getting less sunlight. Again, these are the things that are going to affect us. And so, like, one of the things that I had noticed this winter is I was very, you know, in some ways very, very lucky um, from this angle. I got to really kind of honor the winter and the energy pattern behind that this particular winter. Um, uh, you know, I, I, I'm certainly at the moment not, you know, rolling in money, but I did get a situation where things got a little more fluid for me financially where I wouldn't have to work as much and knock myself out. Um, so that all came in, in kind of early October. So uh, that was, a, you know, an interesting anomaly, and I will write about that in, in some detail. And uh, when I explain the bear, if anybody, you know, listens to this, I think, oh, here's a good guy to rob. Um, I'm a 210-pound boxer, so see how that goes for you if you want to take that shot. I'm, I'm joking about the bear stuff already. You know, we'll get to that in a minute. So, uh, yeah, good luck with that, you know. But anyway, uh, but one of the things that had happened is I, I didn't have the normal stress of having to kill myself over the winter and work and keep marketing and doing all the things that I normally do, you know, because in essence I had to. So I had a little bit more of a financial comfort, so if I want to be a little lazier, um, I can kind of ride with that wave. So what kind of in essence happened with me personally is I really noticed in November, one, it got cold here in Phoenix. Um, even by Phoenix standards, November, December, we were just having highs of upper 50s, you know, lows of upper 30s and 40s at night. That's not totally strange, but this was a notably um, colder winter in comparison for someone who's been here for 29 years and observing those patterns, uh, it definitely we had a bit more rain and it was kind of crappy and colder by Phoenix standards. Um, so I, I kind of was aware of that. And what I was catching is I was really like doing a lot more sleeping and napping and not doing as much work. And, and of course, the practical side of me is like, you know, it's because you had a little bit more money. You didn't have to stress about that. So you're going to get lazy and you're going to get lazy for the rest of your life now. And uh, at the moment, I don't have enough money to get lazy for the rest of my life, nor do I want to. I, I do enjoy working. But I really was getting really heavily relaxed, taking a lot of baths, um, getting a nap or two during the day. I was starting to realize that over this winter, I was kind of pushing at nine to nine and a half hours sleep each day and very deep, wonderful sleep and great loose dreaming and all that good stuff. So I was really enjoying that. But then, you know, then I'm a fire sign and my sun sign, and I feel sort of guilty like I should be doing more. But I just kind of caught that wave you know, after years of being alive in this world 
to like, I'm not going to buck against this. It's the winter. This is when I would spiritually teach people, I think I'm going to follow my own rhythms, and I'm going to just value and go with the flow of me kind of hibernating a bit more than usual like a bear and not working as much. Uh, We'll talk about the bear in more detail in just a little bit here. So it was pretty cool to kind of get that rhythm and not buck up against it. Um, And there were some things I was working on emotionally and physically uh, as well. So a lot of the retreat I'm talking about was meditating and and just pondering some old emotional issues. So in essence, I I did very good this winter. I I went with the flow of, of the winter itself without bucking against it. And there were some very favorable things that have come from that that I will hopefully be able to get to um, a little bit later on as well, too, in a quite practical sense, not, not only to mention the, the, the relaxed sense of not pushing up against, again, that wave of what the time was. Now, of course, we're, we're heading toward the end of, of January. It's starting to go into the, into the low to mid-70s in Phoenix, so it's going to begin to warm up. Our spring comes, I guess, a little sooner, but we're still at that tail end of winter. So, again, I want to talk with you guys about that. So, you know, in a nutshell, there are different types of energy patterns that each kind of season represents. So in the spring, of course, it's the planting of new seeds and new ideas. In Druid tradition, that's related to the lovers, new energy, new enthusiasm, new excitement. The summer is considered a time of sort of reaping the harvest um, of, of crops. And again, in Druid cultures, they talk about August 1st being the lagnouche which is the, uh, you know, the harvest being gathered in, and it's often a time of a lot of outer activity and more play and more vacationing in a, in a more, um, you know, I've earned it sort of sense and, and more activity dependent on where you live. Summer kind of sucks where we are. <laughs> but, uh, so there's a little bit of a variance there, but still it's considered an abundant time. You know, then energetically in the fall, we tend to go through kind of a, a, a recollection, a little bit of a slowing down, but more of a reevaluation. Um, more of, I love the fall. It's one of my favorite seasons because it feels like, you know, that, that kind of wisdom that comes with the fall, the beauty that's connected with the leaves changing and the leaves falling. Um, there's, a, there's a rhythm to that as well, too, that is very, very um uh, amazing when you kind of follow the you know the the pattern of being in sync with that with that season, but I think the winter often gets kind of played out as sort of the worst one for a lot of people because it's cold and it's wet and it snows and there's less outer activity. But both in in Lakota Indian teachings and Druid teachings, which I'm going to talk a little bit about today, they acknowledge the fact that the winter is sort of a time of going within, of renewal at the deepest level. So, of course, when we look at, at trees, you know, losing their, their leaves and, and plants dying and flowers in the winter, it's to prepare for new growth. So, again, we can look at that in nature and, and animals hibernating and, and pulling away a bit, uh, using the bear, again, as an example, and we'll get into that in a bit more detail shortly. Um, but, you know, uh, but we're part of that cycle, too. So what you're supposed to do in the winter, strangely enough, is – you're kind of supposed to do what you meant to it. You're supposed to sleep a bit more, hibernating, kind of retreating, doing a little less work, maybe taking, you know, hot baths, going through some emotional pondering, um, and, and just, again, meditating more, you know, purposely retreating and not bucking up against that. Now, listen, I'm, I'm talking to a, a likely practical audience here. 
listen, Wayne, in my situation at the moment, I'm a single guy. I don't have children. I don't even technically have an indoor cat or dog right now, so I'm not taking care of anything. Uh, you know, when you're a mom and you've got children and you've got three jobs to handle and bills to pay and a million other things to juggle, you know, it may not be as easy as you would like it to really kind of retreat in a full-on way that winter may ask us to do. And even for me personally, I didn't do that. I continue to work. I've been building, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm slowly working on launching my YouTube channel. I have continued to do columns and, and sessions with people. Um, and so it's not like I haven't worked. I just am working a lot less. So I get it. You know, depending on, on where you are in life and the responsibilities you have, it's not always easy to, to take more time off for that retreat, for that meditation, for that pulling inward. But even if you are overwhelmed with things, um, it's a good idea to find a little time to meditate, to pray, to, to take naps if you can. To, even if that's difficult for you to do, even if you get a 10-minute nap in, you know, from, from crazy, um, you know, <laughs> going on, it's healing. It's helpful. Um, there's other rhythms to the winter that are, are natural for us to follow, and I think anybody can incorporate a little bit of this into their life, and, and you will feel better if you do it, if you, if you follow this advice that I'm talking about, about retreating more in that way, because not only is it natural, but it keeps you in sync with these cycles so that as the spring begins to develop, think about the winter as like almost like a, a going within from the sense of cooking on new ideas, getting preparing for new growth. You know, in the summer and the spring and the fall, we have the strength of the sun. We have less sunlight, again, in the winter. So the concept is we're looking toward the inner light within us and, and focusing on that, our life purpose, what we're meant to do, what we're meant to heal in ourselves. You know, there's a great quote from the, the Viking runestones and the root of standstill, which is called Ishtar where he says, uh, I'm going to read the, the actual quote because it, it kind of entangles him with what we're talking about. Um, Isa is a, you know, the, the Vikings had runes. They were a type of oracle they used. Uh, and the rune of Isa means standstill, withdrawal, and ice. I'm going to read this whole quote to you because it's very applicative as a winter understanding and, and can be apparent to us at different times in our life too. He says, this is a quote from the, the runic book by Ralph Blum. He says, the winter of the spiritual life is upon you. You may even find yourself entangled in a situation to whose implications you are, in effect, blind. You may feel powerless to do anything except submit, surrender, even sacrifice some long-cherished desire. But be patient, for this is a period of gestation that precedes a rebirth. Positive accomplishment is unlikely now. There may even be a freeze on useful activity. All your plans may seem to be on hold. You may be experiencing an unaccustomed drain on your energy and wonder why. A chill wind is reaching you over the ice flows of outmoded habits. Trying to hold on can result in a shallowness of feeling, a sense of being out of touch with life. Seek to discover what it is you are holding on to that perpetrates this condition and let go. Shed, release, cleanse away the old. Doing so will bring on the thaw. Usually, Isa requires a sacrifice of the personal, the I. But at such a time, you cannot hope to rely on help or friendly support. And yet, there is no reason for anxiety. Submit and be still. For what you're experiencing is not necessarily the result of your actions or habits, but rather arises from the conditions about which you can do nothing. 
What has been full must empty. What has increased must decrease. This is the way of heaven and earth. Surrender is to display courage and wisdom. Yet there is another face to stand still. Just as winter is a time for going within, during Esau can announce a time of restoration and renewal at the deepest level. In your solitude, exercise caution. Do not stubbornly persist in attempting to work your will. Remain mindful that the seed of the new is present in the shell of the old, the seed of the unrealized potential, the seed of the good. Trust your own process and watch for signs of spring. So, aside from this being beautifully written and incredibly wise, um, just for uh, a reminder to many of my listeners, um, and something I, you know, when I pull runes, sometimes this rune comes up in the summer, and it's that reminder that I need to kind of surrender. I'm, I'm pushing against something, you know. And he talks about this idea of what has been full must be empty. Uh, understand the wisdom of that. Listen, that's what the winter is, and there's a part of that that's wired into our own being, and that's why we are meant to retreat and pull back a little bit during this time to do that, to understand that the planting of new seed. The, the letting go, the, the discharging of, of old patterns, the purpose of reevaluation, and, and why we want to honor that. Um, you know, let me give you the, the obvious clue here. If you don't honor it, you're probably going to end up getting sick. You know, this is, a, you know, the beauty, quote-unquote, of flus and colds and various other things is they force us to slow down, to pull back, to get help, to retreat. So here's an idea. Do it consciously. Make a decision to add a little bit more of that. Don't, you know, make a an illness force you to do this energy pattern. Um, I had some issues uh, over the winter with um, some some digestion stuff that I had been working on well throughout the year and in the fall, and it has seemingly come to a resolution. And I will likely write about that or talk about that in in future a column and or, and or show. But um, it's because I did honor that, what was going on emotionally and physically and, and making those shifts accordingly. And um, I'm feeling very good now. I really am amazed at how well following those rhythms had worked for me. And I didn't need a cold or a flu to make me go through it. That's why I recommend that. Okay, so I want to talk a little bit about the bear because we got like 10 minutes already and, and the show's going quick. So I want to talk about the bear. Now, in, in both Druid cultures and the Cody and Indian cultures, they sort of honor and value the bear as a representation of, of wisdom. So let me tell you a little quick quote about what the what Lakota Indians talk about when they refer to the bear. Uh, bear is called tab in Lakota teachings, and it means wisdom. Um, and let me read a little kind of quote from the Lakota Indian book about bear. He says, um, there I am, there I be, external as the forces of nature. I am the guardian of my children, the four legged on the earth. I sit in silence and observe. I sit in silence in the dark of my den and communicate with our mother earth. I speak when I know what must be said. I act when I know what must be done. When I speak and when I act, all within great distances know that I've done so. For when I speak and when I act, is a force that sets things right. Power of bear. And so they looked at the bear as a totem of wisdom. And you listen, we all have a part of ourselves in that way, and I'll talk about that you know, when I get to the Druid element of this too, about totems. But bear is knowing when to sleep, when to eat, when to hibernate, when to fight, 
you know, when it's time to take different types of action. So that's why it's a great representation of winter and that wisdom. And Lakota Indians, of course, um, really honored the, the energy and the power of bear, but also that, that part of us that reflects that wisdom. The interesting meditation for this card in the Lakota tradition of the, uh, the bear or top top card is, I give myself time to be separate and silent and allow deep and guided knowing to emerge. Beautiful meditation and very apropos for what we're, we're bringing up and what we're ultimately talking about here. So, yeah, in, in Indian cultures, I mean, obviously in a practical sense, you, you honor bear because bear will rip you apart <laughs> if, you, if you, push the, you, know, you push the envelope there. But, you know, it's, it's, it's far more than that in that sense of, of understanding because many animals hibernate somewhat in the winter. So we're animals in that way. And, and it's, it's appropriate for us to understand that, that patterning. So I want to read you something else, um, a quick story with this. You know, when I first started learning about animal totems, and I picked a book, book called The Druid Animal Oracle um, when I was in my probably mid-20s, twenty five, twenty six. So like two years ago, <laughs> see how many of you buy that one. Uh, I, uh, I, um, you know, I, I, one of the animals I kind of connected with fairly early on was a bear, and I started taking that on as totem and using some of that energy. And I've joked about this in columns and other shows that, of course, I kind of got thicker and hairier, um, which for a guy isn't the worst thing. You know, a woman maybe that would not be ideal, <laughs> but. Uh, I think, um, you know, if you take on bear as a totem and you're a woman, you're not going to turn into a hairy bear, so don't worry about that. Uh, but um, I just remember what one of the things that had, had come through when I took on that bear energy when I was younger is it did act as a protective element. I was thinking about that the other day. I was joking. I was walking outside in a, not one of the better, you know, I, I live in a good area of town, but there's a little choppiness within range, and I'm walking around late at night, and it's all kinds of characters, weird guy walking a dog and a couple of gangbanger dudes hanging out over here and everything, too. And I realized that it never even occurs to me to be afraid of people. I just walk around like this big, thick bear in a way. And it's like, you know, I'll be friendly like a big teddy bear. But if you look at me cross-eyed or want to fight with me, I'll freaking kill you. And, and of course, I wouldn't hurt a fly. But I carry the energy of bear. And that's something that I had picked up many years ago to kind of combat the energy of, of people attempting to bully me in any way. And, and having, you know, 25, 25 and then some years of, of this totem as part of me, I can tell you very effectively, not only do I tend to follow the wisdom of bear intuitively, but I have a disposition about me where I don't let people mess with me. They just don't. Um, and could have a little bit to do with my size. I'm not a small guy, but I think it's just maybe being an ex-New Yorker and a lot of things, but I think it's just the energy that I carry, which is like, I'm not interested. Don't try to steal from me. Don't try to scam me. Don't try to BS me. Get away from me in that sense. <laughs> and so I got to tell you, in the most humorous way, it's been incredibly valuable at, at multiple levels and keeping a lot of that stuff at bay. So let me tell you a little bit about what they talk about in the, the Druid Animal Totem book about the energy of bear. Um, it means primal power, sovereignty, intuition married with instinct. Uh, in the imagery, he says, the card shows a bear standing by a cave entrance with a mace at its feet. Such a mace was found by archaeologists near Stonehenge. It is midwinter, the time of the light of Arthur and the winter solstice. 
a crown lies in the foreground, and to the and we see the pole star shining brightly among the constellation of the Plow, also known as the Great Bear of Arthur's Plow. Interesting symbology here. Um, bear, in in totem sense, meaning power animal, says you are. Uh, when you connect with bear, you are connecting with the very deepest of your ancestral roots. Here at this level, you will be in touch with the primal mother, the bear goddess Artayo, who will defend your you fiercely from all danger. You're also connected with the bear god Arteos, the mighty warrior Arthur, the guiding pole star of the great bear. Your intuition will never fail you if you will listen to it in the still darkness of the night. Working with the bear gives you an opportunity to become a spiritual warrior like Arthur. You can find the way to come into your power by marrying your strength with your intuition. Integrating your primal power with your intuition means uniting your star power with your animal power and both are symbolized by the bear. Great quote, and lots of references that if we have more time I can go into about the you know, about Arthur and, and those legends as well. But what he's talking about is uniting your star power with your bear power, your primal power, is a powerful combination. You can be an idealist in the truest sense of wanting to have goals and strive for things and, and be an inspiration to people, and I highly recommend that. And I, I as crabby as I am at times, I think I, I do quite a bit of that, both in my work and my writing and even in, in day-to-day life. But you're also marrying your, your, your animal power. And there's a wisdom in that, too, at so many levels. And, and I think it's important to acknowledge those parts of ourselves and know that they're not separate things. They can be united. And that's why Bear represents that in such a powerful way. Um, you know, it's also interesting that he mentions in his card that you can kind of um, have to be careful of their energy as totem because there is a potential negative side to it, as there is with all things. And even in astrology, every sign has a positive pole and a negative pole. And one of the benefits of knowing what the negative pole is is to be aware of it, that it's not a good thing to get caught up in that part. That doesn't mean you get rid of your sign. You know what I mean? You just understand the difference in the positive and negative poles. So he says, you know, chosen reversed in this card, or if your bear energy is out of balance, another version of the card being reversed. He says the bear card gives you a clear warning that you must take care not to be overwhelmed by the ferocious mother, by the berserk warrior, by forces of anger and primal ferocity that, untempered with the human qualities of compassion and reason, can damage not only your own life but those of others around you. Bear brings a strong presence and great reserves of power. And with perseverance, you'll be able to integrate your spiritual intuitive qualities with your primal instinctual qualities. So he very rightly brings up, uh, I want to say he and I believe she, because the husband and wife team that wrote this book, yes, Philip and Stephanie Cardam, um, they're pointing out that, yeah, there is a negative side to this. You can become that berserker bear. You can, you know, you can retaliate. You can get angry. It's one of the reasons why I, you know, when I talk to people about drinking too much, a lot of times what, what drinking alcohol does is it diminishes that, that part of you that knows when to be fearful in a good way, to be cautious, to be reserved. It may make you say and do things that you later regret. And so we don't necessarily need alcohol as a trigger, although too much of it can definitely do that. Um, that's why all things in moderation, boys and girls. Um, but, you know, 
yeah, if we if we tap too much into the bear energy, we can get also into the negative sense of being that berserker bear and overreactive and taking what other people do personally and, and you know and, and 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 damaging things in that way. The berserker like he mixed up. So it's a good thing to be aware of both of those polarities. But again, the reason I wanted to talk about bear and bring that into play is again because we think of bear as one of the key elements of animals that hibernate. So what I was trying to get across to everyone today, and I hopefully have been able to deliver that, is, listen, honor the winter. You're in the winter. Um, we all going to likely have favorite seasons, but every season offers us a different vantage point and a point of view. And if you hibernate and you meditate and you go within, like this card is saying, um, what you're talking about and this whole energy is all about, you're going to get new wisdom. You're going to get new insight. You can... You can transform yourself and, and plant the seeds for where you will go in the winter, uh, I mean, the, in the spring. You know, so you're not battling against the, the winter anymore. There's wonderful qualities of the winter, wonderful qualities of spring, wonderful summer, wonderful fall, you know, that we can tap into. So find, see if you can find a little more time. Again, meditate to pray to hibernate to pull back a little bit. Um, I, I highly recommend it. At, at multiple levels. Again, I followed that rhythm. It took me 50-something years to finally really stop battling against the energy of winter. I never liked it. Um, now I love it, and I like it, and I love the energy of the winter, and I'm also looking forward to the spring. Okay, guys, uh, our time is up. Uh, thanks for tuning into the show. Uh, listen, I will, uh, I will be putting out a new column. I wrote about a very significant matter about the death of my mother, uh, at the end of the last summer, and uh, it took me a while to write that, so that's why there was a delay in the column, but also because it was winter. So I want to do well and slowly and not rush. So I'll be finally putting January's January, February column out in the next few days. Meanwhile, it's like almost February. <laughs> I'm allowed. It's my column. But, uh, so I highly recommend you catch that. If you're not already getting my column, email me at yahoo.com. Get on the mailing list. Um, I will post it up on Facebook as well. You can catch it there, but I do recommend you you just directly getting it by email. Uh, it's a good read for anyone who has lost a parent or um, at some point we kind of all will. So uh, it was some, I think it was good insight there. The other thing is what I've been birthing and cooking on is I'm really going to be doing a lot more with YouTube. I got a great video cam and, uh, and, and all kinds of equipment for that. So I already have a YouTube channel, so you can find some of the videos I did a few years ago on YouTube, but there's probably going to be monthly videos. Um, I'm going to keep them short. They're only going to be probably five to seven, ten-minute videos. Um, but it's the wave I'm going in, and I talked about that in my notes section of my column as well. So you catch that and also follow me through the uh, YouTube channel. So thanks for joining me today. Happy winter, and um, welcome to uh, a new decade, 2020. The roaring 20s is upon us, so real potential, and the, the spring is on its way. So enjoy the last elements of winter, and we'll catch you guys next time. Cheers. <laughs>